Hey, hey. we're back. <laughs> that was a nice synchronized that was a hey. double hey. We're back earlier than normal recording wise. So this week, or I guess last week, you didn't see a video. Yeah, this no is a, a return to the olden days. To the old school. To our roots, if you will. I know. I want to go back to the roots. It feels weird. Nappy roots. It feels That's a band. Yes, I know. <laughs> They're awesome on Jimmy Fallon. Um, that's not the Nappy Roots is not on Jimmy Fallon. That's the <laughs> it Roots. Oh, it's just the Roots? Nappy Roots is like a rapper, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, that's what I always used to call uh, Pat Terry. Uh, yeah, he's a rapper. What was their song? No, I'm sorry. It's an American Alternative Southern Rap Quartet. Ah. They met in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You've been there. I've been to Bowling Green, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, so anyway. <laughs> anyway, I, that was off Back the to rest. our roots. I don't know. It feels like when we started doing live video, it felt really weird, and now it feels really weird not to do video. Yeah. No, I agree. It's been very normal for us to be videoed. And what is going to be even more weird for me is that we won't have the commentary. Yeah, I know. Because that's, it's already weird because it feels like the show is like a group effort. Yes. That's what I was going to say is like once we started getting actual feedback and commentary during the show, it felt like more people, even though there's nobody here, it felt like so many more people were involved with the show tonight. Yeah, like it was a community tonight. I only have to rely on you. And what a stable crutch that is. I mean, I'll be your crutch. I always have been, Jerry. Like little Timmy's crutch, like the little small one that's all wrapped up in tape. Yeah. That crutch? Like getting a Christmas, it's not a good crutch. Christmas goose? I do love a good goose. Really? No, I hate goose. I mean... I Have you had goose? Store-bought goose. I, well, I've had both, but I've... I mean, store-bought goose is good. Wild I've never, geese, terrible. Okay, I've never had a store-bought goose. Uh, I've only had wild Canadian geese. I've had a turducken as well. Really? I've never had one. Wait, is there a goose in turducken? Turkey, no. duck, and chicken. There's right. no goose in there. Right. I was like, okay, good. Well, why good for leave, you. Why do they leave out one of the main uh, edible birds? Because a goose is too big to fit in a turkey, and a turkey is too big to fit in a goose. So, like, are you, I'm serious. I mean, what if you get a small goose and a big turkey? You'd have to get a really small goose. And, and you could hide a duck anywhere. Yeah, ducks will fit anywhere. <laughs> Chickens, I mean... Yeah. Chickens will go anywhere, too. Yeah. You're right. Just get a tiny little, like, Cornish game hen. Well, that's not a chicken, though. You could fit I mean, a, it's a game hen inside the chicken. Really, this should be turkey, goose, duck, chicken. Can we just say foulception? Cornish game hen. I think you should just call it foulception. Whyception? Inception. Have you ever seen this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Inception? Yeah, yeah. Like a dream within a dream? Yeah. It's a foul within a foul. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what we should do. We throw, let's throw all the birds in there. Let's get some. Uh, let's stuff it all in a blue heron. A nice salad squab. <laughs> yeah, get a squab in there. Yeah. Um, what else? Prairie chicken. What's that? That is a grouse. Okay, isn't that basically like a Cornish game hen? Game hen. Yeah, pretty close. Pheasant. A guinea. A guinea. I don't hen? know. If, do people eat guineas? I don't know. What, why do they have know. them if they don't eat them? They're just to make loud noises and keep things away and eat grasshoppers. Ticks. They eat ticks? Oh, yeah. Big on ticks. I'm going to tick country this week. You are? Vacation. Where are you going? Well, I'm going to the Great Smoky Mountains. 
Really? You're going to travel through the I'm whole range? I'm going down yonder to the Great Smoky Mountain. I'm going to have a Great Smoky Mountain time. <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to go to every Ripley's Believe It or Not museum I can get my hands on. <laughs> nice. That's all the upside down buildings? Ripley's Believe It or Not, Ripley's Aquarium. I'm going to go meet Ripley himself. Was Ripley in the Smoky Mountains? Is well, that like where he was from or I, what? I don't know. It's one of those places <laughs> that has this, those kind of attractions. Oh, okay. What is the history of Ripley? Who was Ripley? He, you Who know was, what? Believe it or not, he was somebody that people liked. Um, I have no idea. Because isn't that, what was the whole thing with Ripley's? That was the world record thing is Ripley's, right? The world record book? That's the Ripley's, isn't it? Or, yes, it's... Uh, What's it called? No, that's the Guinness Book of World Records. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Guinness, like the drink? It's like the, yeah, Guinness does that. Just like the Michelin star. No, Michelin no, 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 no. Ripley's Guinness World Records Museum. Maybe Ripley just is like the conglomeration of museums. Leroy Robert Ripley. Okay. He, he was alive from the night. It just says 1920s to 1949. Oh, no, the years active. 20 years active okay um creator of ripley's believe it or not board member of ripley entertainment let's look let's dig in i want to dig into ripley (laughs) he was born in 1890 in santa rosa california although his exact birth date disputed unknown (laughs) um dropped out of high school after his father's death in order to keep to help his family and at age 16 he began working as a sports cartoonist for various newspapers Uh, He drew cartoons. He created the first Believe It or Not cartoon, published in December 1918. The cartoon began appearing weekly. Hmm. Um, He published a travel journal, and he became fascinated with unusual and exotic foreign locales and cultures. Well, he got it. Um, He got all the weird stuff. Who? He hired a researcher and polynaut. What the heck is that? Oh, you've never been a polynaut before? Um, somebody, it's a multilingualism, a use of more than one language, either by, okay. Right. Yep, I knew that. <laughs> of course. Um, he moved his cartoon around, and he... What was the cartoon? I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't say. It certainly wasn't animated. <laughs> um. In 1929, he drew a panel in his syndicated cartoon saying, believe it or not, America has no national anthem. Um, That's apparently when they adopted Star Spangled Banner because of him, basically. Wow. Believe it or not. He prospered during the Great Depression, netting $500,000 a year by the end of the 1930s and employed a large staff of researchers, artists, translators, and secretaries to handle the deluge of suggestions for new oddities to report. And he traveled the world in search of curiosities. He expanded his media to include radio and Hollywood. He built museums in major cities. Um, so how did he get involved with Guinness? Well, I don't know. We'll get there. Um, became a big charity guy. Good. That's good. With all of his major wealth, he needs to spread that around. He had a radio, radio series and a television series called Believe It or Not. So this guy was kind of a big deal. Yeah, it sounds like it. He's kind of an afterthought to people our age because it's always like, oh, look at that 
cheesy roadside attraction. Well, and that's what it is. But I've never been. Hour. I've never been to one. You've never I, been through. A, I'm sure when I was a kid we went to one, but I don't remember it. Yeah, I I did go to one, and I don't remember where it was at. I saw the upside down building. We got tickets, went through. Um, is the out, upside down building? Isn't Ripley's? That's yeah. like House on the Rock, right? In like Wisconsin or no? There's a Ripley's, believe it or not, and it's a building that's upside down. Mm. Well, the auditorium opened in Cleveland in 1937, and then he continued opening various auditoriums. All I can think of when I think of Ripley's, believe it or not, is the guy with his arm up in the air for a really long time. He just held his arm up in the air forever. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a man that just decided to keep his arm up in the air. It's a world record, too, but it's also in Ripley's Believe It or Not because he lost all use of his arm, and it was, like, petrified up in the air. That seems ridiculous. Um, and then uh, there's an, the, the other guy with the long nails. Oh, yeah, I remember the that. The gross nails that hang down. So oh, the Guinness gosh. Book of World Records, the idea came about in the early 1950s when Sir Hugh Beaver, Sir Hugh Beaver, okay. managing director of the Guinness Brewery, <laughs> Attended a shooting party in County Wexford. Yep, sounds. There, he and his hosts argued about the fastest game bird in Europe, bringing it all back to foul. Foul. Yep. And failed to find an answer in any reference book. In 1954, recalling his shooting party argument, Sir Hugh Beaver had the idea for a Guinness promotion based on the idea of settling pub arguments, and oh. invented the Twins Norris and Ross. Invited. I'm sorry. The Twins Norris. I wish <laughs> they're just referred to as the Twins Norris. <laughs> the Twins Norris. Britain is awesome. And Ross McWhirter, mm-hmm. who were fact-finding researchers from Fleet Street to compile a book of facts and figures. Guinness superlatives was incorporated on 30th of November, and the office opened in two rooms in a converted gymnasium on the top floor of the Ludgate House. Fleet Street? Isn't that where... Uh... That one barber was on? The demon barber of Fleet Street. Yeah. Sweeney Todd. Yeah, Sweeney Todd. That's right. Um, By the way, in case you were wondering, the fastest game bird is the golden plover. I was way off. Yeah. I don't even know any other game birds other than pheasants, so. Grouse. Yeah. (laughs) I already said that one. And uh, quail. Quail. Are those all just variations of pheasants, really? Not a not a no. not a grouse, I guess, but I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know either. See what was it? A golden what? Plow- the golden plows? plover. Plover. Never heard of this bird. Sir Hugh Beaver. <laughs> don't pronounce the G. What? Don't pronounce a G with that. It'd be huge. Huge. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Uh? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Okay. So anyway, yeah, we're Maybe we'll check out the Ripley's Believe It or Not. I don't know. We've tried to go to those before, and they're extremely expensive like to go into. They but are? I always see them. I don't remember it being expensive. And I feel like it's super expensive, so I don't. we don't go. Well, you said you were going to go to every one that you saw. Are you going to a specific town, or are you traveling the Smokies? Um, no, we are going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Gotcha. And then well, the first night, we're going to Knoxville. We're staying the night there. Mm-hmm. Then we're driving down to Gatlinburg, and then we're going to go 
state we have a condo there nice run it. and then we're gonna go kind of between back and forth between there and pigeon forge isn't that what uh avid listeners david Seedentop and tim mcdonald correct their families just did that yeah nice yeah um i'm i'm excited i like i like the idea of that kind of a place you know what i mean like i like branson i like wisconsin dells i've never been to branson i like these kind of like places lost in time but they're touristy though they're touristy to midwesterners yeah they are i mean there's always a lot of people there usually yeah i mean i think uh i mean a pigeon forge is a pretty big well the whole thing is gatlinburg is the entrance to the great smoky mountain national park oh okay and that is uh, from everybody i've heard of it's one of the best national parks in the country no kidding yeah from the views the scenic views just scenic views and there's like all kinds of like waterfalls and streams you just kind of drive around pull off to the side of the road go play in a stream really yeah just frolic in the streams frolic. lots of uh mist well smoke smoke straight smoke it's very hard to breathe from in the, those mountains from the burning <laughs> yes. from all the coal just inside the mountains burn yeah and then they smoke that's why they're called that but like um caves you know i really wanted to go to mammoth cave i don't think we're gonna make it that would be awesome it's, out of, it's a little out of our way oh really it's about an hour and a half out of the way caves are really cool but Love them. spelunking not my thing oh i'd be all into that i don't think i would because you got to go in through like small caverns i'd spelunk i, I Listen, couldn't do it i'd spelunk jerry <laughs> if there was ever a spelunker you are it. I would spelunk like crazy. I don't feel like you fit the mold for spelunk. <laughs> I could fit. I'm I'm uh, I'm agile. I'm sure-footed, like a mule. Yeah, that's why they ride mules down mountains. Yeah, that's right. They're way more sure-footed than uh, uh, horses. I'm a I'm a fairly coordinated person. Really? Yeah. Like feet wise or yeah. hand eye coordination wise, all of the above. I'm a coordinated individual. Okay. I believe you, I guess. I guess I've never seen your coordination. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Uh, Coordinate much? Unless I'm on a scooter. <laughs> well, we know that's not true. Yeah. But have you seen the people that go through, like, actual cave explorers? Yeah. That go through, like, those little small cracks and crevices, and that is terrifying to me. Why? Them pulling themselves through little cracks that you can barely fit through, and you've got to, like suck it in i mean i don't want to be the the first guy through but if it's like a a known route i'm fine i don't want to like if you can fit break new barrier well i mean yeah obviously obviously i i can't go certain places just because of my physical size right i understand that but let's assume that these are places that i can it's squeeze my body i'm not claustrophobic but watching some of these guys go through it is just terrifying i would love to do cave diving like scuba diving in caves, it's very dangerous. Yeah, it sounds dangerous. But um, there's certifications for it. Would love to do that. Mm. Down in Mexico, nope. that's the place to do it. There, my sister has done it. Really? Yeah, and my dad. There are things living in caves I don't want to find, especially in their water. These are a lot of underwater caves. You're going to find like prehistoric animals in there that eat you. Really? I guarantee you. You'd be dead. Um, I remember going to Mammoth Cave when I was a kid, and then we went to the one, too, that's in Missouri, kind of by St. Louis. can't remember what it's called. Um, 
I've been to a, a several like in the Ozark area, and every single one of them was Jesse James's hideout. Of course, <laughs> yes, of course it is. But uh, Mammoth Cave is uh, is freaking awesome because you go into like the main. Have you been there? No. Oh my gosh, you go into. I don't remember what they call it, but it's like an. They call it like the amphitheater or something, and just it's this gigantic cave. It's like the size of a stadium. That's awesome. And there's all these little ones, of course, but you know, I remember going. You see, like the cave crickets. They're like right. these blind crickets that like have a really long antenna. Really? And they just hop around? Yeah. Yeah. You see all stalactites, stalagmites. Yes. Do you know the difference? Yeah. One's up and one's down. Which one? Stalactites are up. Stalagmites are down. Is that true? I have no idea. I think you're right. <laughs> Completely don't know. But you are right. One is up and one is down. And when they meet each other, they form a rock. Stalag. Tights. Um, a tapering structure hanging like an icicle. What did I say? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Dang it. We're going to have to go back and listen to the recording. Um, no, I love caves, and you know why? It's always like 55 degrees down there. It's very cool yeah. and moist. It's always got moist air in a cave. It was uh, very cool tonight We're for in- our baseball game as we dominated. We did. Just absolutely destroyed the other Mazan team. Yeah, it was great. It was a fun one to win. It was a good one to win. We're on yes. a, win, a bit of a win streak. Yeah, two in a row. Too bad I'm going to miss the next two games. We're going to make it three on Wednesday, hopefully, uh, if at all possible. I'm actually, like, really bummed out that I'm going to miss those games. Really? It's been fun. It's, like, one of the most things I look forward to of my entire week. Really? Is playing That's baseball good. games. I love it. I absolutely love it. It is very fun. It has been a very fun season, and it's fun and to see them. I love coaching. It's fun to see them grow at this age because it's getting to be like real baseball. You yeah. Know? I just love coaching. I don't think I'd ever want to be at this level the head coach. I never want to be the head but coach. But I love no. assisting coaching. Yep. I agree. And Completely agree. I will that's, do it at every level that I can. That's my challenge at the beginning of the season is that they're always desperate for head coaches and they look for people to be head coaches. I just don't want to, I don't want to like say I'm a head coach because I don't want to be tied down like that. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I am head coaching T-ball, but that's a little easier. Um, people that volunteer for that, and I'm not just patting myself on the back because I'm one of them and so are you. Like, they do not get enough credit. I know. It's it's a significant time commitment. It's a lot of work. It's rewarded, Yeah, I think, especially as the kids get older. Yes, as the kids get older, it's very much rewarded. But uh, T-ball is difficult. It's fun. I like it's, T-ball. I like watching the kids go out there and have fun. I, I think like, it's the most difficult for me. Why? <sighs> not, there's no stakes. No, I know there's no stakes, but I feel like... I don't know. I don't want it to be where they just run around and fall on top of each other. Oh, my team doesn't do that. You know what I mean? I know. So, therefore, you have to be able to teach them something, and I don't know if I'm the best teacher for that. That's why I get, like, almost anxious about it because I want them to be able to do the the bare minimum of stay in your position and try and field the ball. Don't all chase the ball at the same time and, you know, like that kind of stuff. And I, I put too much pressure on myself for that. Yeah, for sure. I do. T-ball is 100% just about having kids going out and having fun. Yeah. Pinto is where you start to learn some skills. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is the first year of Don Mustang, but it's where the competitive aspect comes into play. Yeah, big time. 
Yeah. And then you get up and you watch the Bronco games. Or you watch the Bronco games playing before or after ours. And that that's like real baseball. Absolutely. And don't you think like, man, how do you get from how do you get from Pinto to Mus or Bronco? You know what I mean? Like, how do you get from Mustang to Bronco even? Yeah, like, it's a whole different you, world. Yeah. It is. But that's what changes in age. It's amazing how much development happens between one year to the next on like actual capability of the child. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's amazing because you think of them as the season before. So when you get into a new season and let's say once we're done with Mustang and they're going up to Bronco, uh, you think of them as the way they performed like in the Mustang leagues. You're like, Oh man, how are we going to do? Are we going to be able to develop to like the skill level of other teams or whatever? And then you get into the season and they're just doing it. They start to do it because their bodies have developed a little more and they, their brains have developed more and they're just more capable. Yeah. And it's really fun to see even the age groups between second, third and fourth grade. You know, which we're spanning that whole gamut within Mustang. Yeah, I would say you can see the difference. You can see the difference, but you even as the season goes on, I feel like that's lessening. Um, it is because difference. of the develop the development in the game and the difference between the second graders and the fourth graders. It isn't like a cavernous divide. No, I would never say it was, but. You can see little things. I think the biggest difference is between the second and the third graders, and then third and fourth are the same. The same. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. The jump from second to third is a big one. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just a, I think it's just a physical development thing. And it's not necessarily like strength-wise. I think it's more like uh, maturity-wise or focus-wise. Yeah, or maybe just experience. Yeah, and experience, too. Yeah, I guess that would be it because they do have one more year within baseball. Right. But it's fun to see that. You don't really see it at the lower levels. They just all do the same thing. Right. Um, and this is still a lower level, but we're just now getting to see the, the differences, and it's really fun to see. And as we progress through the season, it's really fun to watch them get better at everything. I mean, it doesn't matter the age. Everything gets a little bit better. We had one kid on our team tonight hit a big hit, and um, – I just kind of went crazy. Everybody did. And I, after I was like basically yelling, I'm like, I'm like all the parents sitting out there. I'm like, they have to be like, what is going on? In there? <laughs> no, I think they were all doing the same thing. i literally just like almost walked out on the field. I went through the gate they just with my hands up with my. I, I don't think you, when you're in it and coaching and you're really with those kids, all it's just not the same as sitting and watching them. Even if you're their parent, you just I feel like you have so much more invested. I agree. You you do you're more removed when you're out on the in the bleachers watching the game even though yeah like you said you're watching your kid and you want them to do well but it's not just our kid. It's every kid. Right. You know that we're watching and wanting him to do well and this kid hadn't got a hit yet and tonight he got a hit and it wasn't just like a slow roller to the pitcher. It was a bomb out to center field that we never knew he was capable of until he just did it. That's not even the one I'm talking about. Oh, well, which one are you talking about? I'm talking about Predator. Oh, I was talking about Pax. Yeah. I thought, what did Predator do? He had a hit, too. Well, I know he had a hit, and we were all cheering, but I thought you were talking about Predator. No, or, uh, both, Pax. but, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just got excited for his. That's 
proof right there that we were excited for two different kids just for getting a hit, and it was really fun. That's what's fun. In the to last see. two games, all of our second graders, almost all of them, are yeah. getting hits. Yep, it's pretty great. It's really fun. Um, what's next? What oh, we I don't know. Next? I don't know. We were talking about uh, Guinness Book of World Records, Ripley's. Yeah, believe it or not, what's the one in the? Is it the House on the Rock? I don't know that one. You you said it earlier. Um, in Wisconsin Dells? No, it's not in Wisconsin Dells. House on the Rock is in Wisconsin. Um, in Spring Green, Wisconsin. I don't know where that is exactly. Never been there. It's like a big deal. It's like a weird house that is built on the edge of a cliff. Okay. Um, in 1960, Alex Jordan opened his dream house. It's in American Gods. They go there. Really? Yeah. Opened his dream house, built atop a chimney of chimney of rock to the public. Over the years, Alex expanded his vision beyond the house and collected it and built on a massive scale. What began as a lofty retreat with an awe-inspiring view has become a spectacular attraction known as the House on the Rock. They have the world's largest indoor carousel, infinity room, Japanese gardens, Heritage of the Sea, a sculpture garden, an Asian garden. It's just kind of a cool place. I, I don't even know if I've heard of it before. Oh, yeah. We should go there. We should go on a Star Trek road trip. We should bring the families but, to the House on the Rock. But, I mean, what draws you? It's just the gardens and the way it looks? It's by Madison. We could drive there. Yeah, we could. It's a maze-like drive. home built on a rocky hilltop. A maze-like home. Okay, I like that. It's got a circus room. Who doesn't love a good circus room? Um, it's got yeah. We should go there, man. Are there clowns? Probably. Mm. Twenty five bucks for adults, fourteen bucks for children. That's like a haircut. Yeah, worth it. We're going tomorrow. No, I'm going on vacation, but oh, okay. sometime this summer we should go. Okay, we could drive there and back in a day, or we could drive there in a weekend. Stay overnight in Madison. Yeah. And then we'll go to like the New Glarus Brewery and have a grand old time. Yeah, we really could. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I think we're going to do that this weekend. No, we're doing it together. It's oh. a Snarf Talk road trip. Yeah, I know. But I'm not going to be here. You can't do it without me. All right. I guess I'll wait. What is the like best American roadside attractions? Well, the giant ball of yarn, of course. 33 must-see road trip. I've seen the Superman statue. I've been Of there. course, Metropolis. Um, Stand right underneath of his, you know. Have you been to the Corn Palace? No. I've been there. Where's that at? It's in South Dakota. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? I have no idea. No, I don't. Oh, it's like a big palace. The world's only Corn Palace, it's called. It's Is in it South Dakota. Built out of corn? Um, no, it kind of looks like... like Kind of like the Taj Mahal-ish. You have to look up a picture of it. We can go to Mars Cheese Castle when we go to uh, the House on the Rock. (laughs) How do you know all these places? Why do you know all these roadside attraction type places? I don't get it. All right, you want to know the top? um, Do you spend your days just looking up oddities and strange attractions like Mr. Ripley? I've been everywhere, man. You haven't, though. You haven't seen any of these things. You just researched them. Okay. You want to know what the 33 is? The Thing in Dragoon, Arizona. We need to see The Thing. Um, It's a roadside attraction made up of striped metal sheds. (laughs) 
Okay. Home to Great. a number of truly strange items, including Adolf Hitler's Rolls Royce. Wow. And a mummified mother and child. <laughs> That's Jesus. Weird. <laughs> what? Why do we want to go see that? Um, the Georgia Guidestones, um, the world's largest teapot. Okay. <laughs> The Beer Can House in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. World's largest ball of twine. I'm saying, I'm telling you, that's doesn't, an attraction. Doesn't look that big. Have you ever tried to ball up twine? No. Well, there you go. It's <laughs> difficult. The Mystery Hole. That's sounds weird. <laughs> Igloo City. That uh, would be fun. In Igloo City, I think would be fun. Grandfather cuts loose the ponies. <laughs> what? <laughs> the foam henge. Um, Christ of the Ozarks. I've I've been there. I've seen that. Um, secret caverns. The Garden of a Thousand Buddhas. Hole in the Rock. The world's largest garden gnome. Biosphere. Wait, is Hole in the Rock and the other hole different? What's the other hole? You said like strangest hole or the most mysterious yeah, hole or something hole in the rock is is a hole in a rock <laughs> Damn. sounds very interesting in moab um uh, let's, moab. See. let's go to the top 10 because some of these are oh the ufo welcome center we can go there yep um these are not good they don't sound good it doesn't sound good this the jolly is- green giant the bishop's castle uh, Holy Land, USA. Miles the Monster. Mm, what a monster he was. That's at Dover International Speedway. Um, or- Oregon Vortex. And I've always wanted to go to the La Brea Tar Pits. Yes, I would like to see that. Lucy the Elephant is number one. Lucy the Elephant? A six-story elephant you can climb inside. Interesting. Anyway, those don't sound good. No, they don't sound good at all. That, I, I think what I'm thinking of is not roadside attractions. It's more like the House on the Rock, the Corn Palace, Ripley's Believe It or Not stuff, things like that. I mean, that's what they all sound like is roadside attractions. Like they don't sound like established museums of any worth. It's um, not like going to the Museum of Science and Industry or the Shedd Aquarium, SeaWorld. Like it doesn't sound like any of that. It's all strange things that are just there i don't know what the deal with the corn palace is i've been there but i don't remember anything about it it just says um it's redecorated annually with new corn grain and grasses to showcase a new theme that's great (laughs) sounds really great i do love me some grass you know with my allergies i think house of the rock was a big deal in american gods it's like one of the meaning points okay i believe you they call it the weirdest house on earth. Well, I like that ex- explanation of it much more than what you gave me. I love weird. It sounds weird, and I want to go. It's a roadside attraction that's worth planning a trip around. Okay, we're done. We already did it. Yeah. This weekend. Nice. Um, You can come down this weekend go to Dollywood with us. We're going on Friday. Nobody wants to go to Dollywood. I'm excited. I love Dolly Parton. Well, everybody loves Dolly Parton. She's a national treasure. 
But Dolly Wood isn't necessarily Dolly Parton. Well, she, yeah. It's like her family all runs it. I mean, it's not like you get to sit next to her and have a chat. Maybe. Who knows? She lives there, I heard. She does? I don't know. I didn't know if she had a house there or something. I'm pretty sure she she lives down there in Pigeon Forge. She probably does. She's got the Dixieland Stampede or whatever they call that. That's like a big show. We're going to see the Hatfields and McCoys dinner show. Nice. That's She also owns that. She owns everything. She owns the whole town. Yeah. Pigeon Forge. We're going to the islands. There's islands in Pigeon Pigeon Forge? No, I think it's like a shop. It's like a Disney Springs type thing. Oh, nice. It sounds really fun. I've always wanted to go down there. I always have too, so I'm excited. Every... Anybody I've ever seen go down there and seen pictures of or heard stories about, I've never heard one bad thing. Yeah. I really haven't. You know, like going to Wisconsin Dells or an attraction like that, you do hear of things where they're like, eh, this wasn't that great. And I like Wisconsin Dells. I like going downtown, doing like the mirror maze. and I've always enjoyed it too. The last time I went, I wasn't fond of the food. I I've usually have never had an issue, but the last time we went, it was just like every time we ate, it was just very mediocre. Like ate at the less, resort you were at? or No, around at different places. I've always loved Moose Jaw, the restaurant Moose Jaw. Yeah, I um, think we went there. The last time I went there? Very mediocre. Yeah, What's really that was. big ass? Um, Paul Bunyan's? No, 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 no. We went to this like uh, big, they got a big train that runs around, like a big Lego train and stuff. Oh, I don't know. This one. Buffalo something or other. Trace? Buffalo Bills. I don't know. Wild Bills? Wild Bills. Something like that. It's got to be. It was like in the parking lot of the Great Wolf Lodge, basically. Oh, really? It was a big, I don't remember that. huge restaurant. Anyway, it was very mediocre. That's what you get. That's yeah. what you get there with a lot of the restaurants. And it was always subpar and kind of aggravated me because every once in a while you want to sit down and have like a decent meal at least um, when you're traveling. And I didn't feel like we ever got that. And that ruins my entire experience um because i'm based in food i have an addiction to food and if it's not good my life's ruined it was called not five guys definitely not that i do like five guys (laughs) we ate at five guys last time we were down there um i don't know i don't remember i can't it's not on this uh up there up there down there around there Buffalo Phil's. That's what it was. Buffalo Phil's. Yes, I've heard of that. Yeah. it's a. I have heard of that. I think one. I went there. I'm almost positive I went there. Mm-hmm. But I forget because it's mediocre. Yeah. It's not that good. It's, it's not that good. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, anyway, we um, want to do some yeah, so, news? Well, listen up. We have a top 10 this week. We never told oh, anybody about it. Oh, yeah, we forgot. We about had a top 10. It. But coming up, we do have a top 10. It's going to be our top 10 live action comic book sh- adaptations, I guess. Television. Yes. So comic book adaptation TV shows, but it's live action stuff. We're not putting any animated TV, any animated comic book shows in there. We discussed it. We had... If we got Lengthy time, we might do a Patreon, like a bonus with some animated stuff. Yeah, I think we could do that. Um, but this top 10 is not going to encompass any of those. It's all going to be a live action stuff adapted from comic books. Yeah. So um, you should be excited because I'm excited about it. There's so many good shows in here that I guarantee you, you've heard us talk about before in previous episodes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because most of my list you've probably heard of before. 
But you'll be interested to hear what's number one and what I have on my list. Because there's one that I told Chris, you're going to be mad at me for putting this in here just because I didn't, he's going to like throw it off as something he thinks is like, why would you put that in there? Nobody ever saw and I, Nobody I think, watches I know this. what it is, and I folded it up into the tiniest little piece of paper and put it in the middle of the table. Yes, so we have a little wager going. He's going to buy me dinner for the next two weeks. Two weeks? <laughs> if if uh, he doesn't get it. Okay, and that's not going to happen. But well, You're gone for the next week, so. And I'm not committing to the, the week after that. Oh, no? <laughs> no. All right. He'll buy me dinner once at some point in the rest of our lives. Yeah, uh, that that sounds fair. All right, that's a fair deal. What happens if I win? If you win, I will buy you dinner once at some point in our lives. Okay. How about, this is uh, a great one. Okay. If I'm right, yeah. I buy you dinner one night on our Snarf Talk road trip to House of the Rock. Okay. And if I'm right, you buy dinner. No. You just said if I'm right twice. If I'm right... You buy me dinner. Yes. If I'm wrong, I buy you dinner at House of the Rock. Okay. At the cheapest restaurant we can find. It'd have to be for our families. It's an old country but for the whole family. Yeah, it'll have to be for the family. It has to be an old country buffet. <laughs> yeah, I love a good old country buffet. No, it doesn't have to be that. It'll be like a whatever fine dining establishment. A Morton's. Morton's I, I Steakhouse. Doubt, I doubt there is a Morton's Steakhouse <laughs> yeah. at House of the Rock. Oh, yeah, I know, but... Here's the hoping. There's probably one in Madison, though. Here's the hoping because you've lost. I don't think so. I think you have. I think you how have. How far is House? How, what kind of a drive are we talking about? Well, if it's by Madison, it's less than three hours. Um, Isn't it like two and a half hours to Madison? Yeah, not even. I don't even think it's that far. Because we drove there for Wizard World. Oh, yeah. It is... Three hours and 37 minutes. It's quite a ways past Madison. Oh. It is. It'd be like driving to Wisconsin Dells, but. So a four-hour drive. We leave on a Friday. Yeah, we'll drive four hours. We'll find a cool place to stay. We leave at fri- on a Friday at 4 o'clock in the morning. We can camp. We can bring the camper. And then we're up there by eight thirty nine o'clock. We can bring the camper. Can we all fit? We can't fit 10 people in a camper. Sure. We can figure it out. <laughs> okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, we can fit 10 people in there. Easy. We still have to drive separate. Yeah, we'd still have to drive separate. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a deal. Um, I do have a little bit of news. You have a few news pieces. I have a couple news pieces. One, this is very small, but I thought it was interesting that... Um, during the whole pandemic, the director and producers of The Witcher paid uh, the entire cast through the pandemic, even though they weren't filming anything. They were supposed to start filming, and they paid them throughout the pandemic. How do they pay? What does it even mean, paid them through? I mean, they only they, get paid the hours uh, they're on set, right? You would think, but apparently they paid them a wage during this time. Was it a living one? Uh, well, I don't know if it's a living one, but it, it's more than not getting paid at all, right? It doesn't make sense, though. I'm telling you, they paid them their So they wage. paid them to not go get another job? Yes, pretty much. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, let me bring it up. I I'll mean, t- when you have the biggest show in the history of Netflix, you have to pay people to not get another job, right? Well, yeah, you would have to, but uh, if you're under contract, it doesn't matter. 
See, that's what I, why I'm confused on this. Maybe they just mean like the production staff, not the actors. No, all the actors. It specifically said the actors got paid. Right, but they're under contract, so they're getting paid either way. They get paid whether or not they work if they're on contract. That's true. Their crew was taken care of during the lengthy delay. Right. Okay. So they paid the crew. Yep. They paid the crew. Uh, yeah, that's what it's talking about, which is still good. I think that's cool because a lot of places did not do that. No. A lot of those people didn't get paid. They didn't have anything to go by, and they were spat on by the cast, most people, most of the crew, because they're looked down upon. Spit in their faces. Yeah, right in their face. They're yeah. like, you can't have any of our... Dirty, ugly faces. We have a buffet here. You can't have it. That's what they would normally do to the crew. They put out a spread, a big spread of food every day. They didn't let anybody eat it. They're like, you can't even come here. Stay home. What are you, a key grip? And then they threw it Get in out the of dumpster here. at the end of the night. They threw it on the ground and made them clean it up and put it in the dumpsters. Yeah. And made sure they didn't touch any or like eat any of it hey, off the ground. Hey, sweep. Sweep. Yeah. Hey, sound guy. <laughs> just right in his face. I don't care about your microphone or your big pole with the microphone at the end <laughs> that you hang over my head. You just make sure my sound is good. <laughs> it's just so much spit. Oh. Unbelievable. But. They didn't spit in anybody's faces. They paid them through the pandemic. Kept their families alive. thought that was nice. Yeah, that is nice. Way to go, Witcher. That's why I like it. Way to just be the, the best show ever. Honestly, I think they're leading the way. You know, when it comes to not spitting in faces and paying people. <laughs> Sounds pretty solid. When it, when it comes to Hollywood, it's all you can expect. Right. <laughs> it's just like... Today, I didn't get spat on. If they were in a Joss Whedon movie, yeah, listen. they're getting spit on <laughs> yeah. and not getting paid. I didn't get harassed today at <laughs> all, sexually or mentally. <laughs> Solid day. <laughs> uh, what do you got? We can go one for um, one. Oh, yeah, one for one. Okay. Um, a certain Marvel movie wrapped filming today or recently. Thor, Love, and Thunder. Oh, my God. Gosh. Production wrapped. Chris Hemsworth. Ready mm. to go. That guy. Taika Waititi. He's something. He, um, no, it looks good. I mean, they got a bunch of pictures from the sets. Chris Hem- Hemsworth looks like a literal giant of a man. His arms are the size of my body. He literally looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger from the 80s. He's enormous. It doesn't even make sense. I he, saw... A, he was a slender man. I don't know how he put on that much muscle. I mean, he got really big for Ragnarok. But this is like big, big. But yeah, it's very, very big. I saw pictures of him like pushing over a big tractor tire. Yeah. And he was jacked that he, in that picture. But this one that you showed me earlier... Wow. He not only, it's not like he ate all the steroids. They now draw blood from him to, to produce steroids. To make steroids. <laughs> they make steroids out of his bicep blood. Yeah. Um, currently set for release February 11th, 2022. That's coming up. It I is. mean, really, it's not that far away. It isn't. No, really, honestly, it isn't. It'll be on us before. Filming wrapped. Um, I'm so excited for that. June of 2021. They didn't. Um, June 1st, so this is kind of old. Because think about it. Everything's a blur. I mean, 
you get through summer and then all of a sudden fall happens. And then for us, it's like harvest time and it's kind of a blur. Then next thing you know, it's Christmas. You get through the holidays and then you're like, oh, all right, whatever. And then New Year's happens. And then after New Year's, you're like, oh, it's going to be this big lull. It's not a big lull because Thor, Love and Thunder is coming in February. And Natalie Portman's back in it. I'm so pumped for that movie. Um, This is what Hemsworth wrote on Twitter. He can write. That's a wrap on Thor, Love and Thunder. It's also National Don't Flex Day. So I thought... This super fun, relaxed photo was appropriate. The film is going to be batshit crazy, off the wall funny, and might also pull a heartstring or two. I'm in. I'm so in. That's great. With Taika Waititi involved, it can't get it can't get bad reviews. I just don't see how it could get bad reviews or people won't love it because you know, he knocked it out of the park. He did, and I like that guy in almost everything. So Wasn't a big fan of Jojo Rabbit. I never saw it. I you saw it. that movie? Yeah, not that long ago. I brought it up on the show. I didn't. I didn't even finish it because it was just I wasn't into it. And that was a movie that he had written years and years ago that he was trying to get produced and finally did, uh, and made it. And it was like supposed to be like a masterpiece of his. Yeah, I think it got like nominated for Oscars. It did. It did. Might have even won a Golden Globe or two. I'm almost positive you're right. I think it did. Yeah. Won won some awards. What didn't you like about it? Was it slow, not funny, not good? I mean, just... It was... I don't know if it was a little too off the wall, slow, and I didn't... It just... The humor, it's very subtle, like tongue-in-cheek humor that just didn't... Hmm. It wasn't biting enough. You're like, hey, Jojo. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of here. Pick up my food off the floor and throw it in the dumpster. I mean, I get it. Like stupid. Rabbit. Everybody re- like reads the premise, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, that's such a funny premise." It sounds funny, yeah. But and and the trailers looked good. I just relatively maybe good. I need to give it another shot. I don't know. Maybe you need to open your eyes to art. Have you ever thought of that? I sh- I, I haven't. Actually, you know, no, I haven't thought of it. You need to be an artsy person. People come out there, and they're just ripping their hearts out for you. They're putting it on a page and putting it to screen. Mm-hmm. And you're just over here shitting on it. And you're like, oh, I fell asleep during your masterpiece. <laughs> and it's sickening. Okay? You need to have a little bit more of an open eye like Mr. Ebert. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try that. Or Cisco. R.I.P. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything? I, I thought of another piece of news and I'm looking it up. Oh, all right. Well, I've got a huge piece of news right here. Okay. A Quiet Place 2, that new horror flick from uh, the husband and wife duo of John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, done very good. It, done very well. It's done very well? Done done very well. Yeah, I've uh, heard that. It's uh, made all the monies. Yeah, well, you know where it made all the monies? Where? South Korea. Oh, those Koreans, they love it. A Quiet Place Part 2 debuts at number one in South Korea. It's uh, first weekend for four days, a four-day release, brought in a solid $3.36 million. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's why I wanted to bring it up because it, they were like this big headline. But it made like $50 million in the U.S., right? Yeah, it made a lot, yeah. It made, uh, I think, more than that. I think it was over $60 million in its opening weekend. But it, either way. Is every $191 million, I, Oh, jeez. A Quiet Place Part 2. That was way off. Internationally, I believe. 
I just thought that was funny. I mean, I didn't assume South Korea would throw out a ton of money. I didn't think you could get a lot of people to go to the movies, but I don't know. The headline looked like it was going to be a really big deal. And it Domestic was- gross, $124 million, uh, $47 million opening. Internationally, it made $96 million. It's up to $221 million worldwide. That's a good movie. That's incredible yeah. for a pandemic movie, essentially. Yeah, it came out. Are people uh, going back to theaters, or are they just I not have. any theaters out? Like, there's no movies out because there's I no haven't movie. E- I haven't even thought of going to a movie theater. I think about going to the movie theater all the time. I check for movies all What's the time. What's out right now? The last one, the only one I went to was Godzilla. Uh, the only other one that I saw out was the new Peter Rabbit movie, which, I mean, obviously I don't want to go see. No. Um, Hitman's but no, nothing. Hitman's wife's bodyguard is out. Um, a Quiet Place 2, and Peter Rabbit, yep. They're still doing the private watch parties. There's a con- new Conjuring movie, Cruella. Um, there's a Spirit movie. That's about it. And that's a cartoon, that Spirit movie. Yeah, that's that horse thing. Um, yeah, no, there really hasn't been big releases. There hasn't been any big movies that have been released. I mean, I would and- say Quiet Place Part 2 and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard probably were meant to be blockbuster movies right yeah but they're not ones that i would go to the movies and see me either a hitman's wife bodyguard no like and that's the, the ryan first, reynolds and uh, yeah, sam uh, jackson. jackson right um it wasn't the first one just the hitman's bodyguard yeah right yeah yeah um and i was not overly thrilled to go see that movie i never even watched it so i've heard good things but yeah there hasn't been big movies that have come out that drew a lot of attention in my camp. Big movies coming out um, the rest of the summer would be In the Heights, which is out now. Um, that's a Lin-Manuel Miranda. Because they're still releasing things, obviously, on HBO Max and Disney Plus right, that that's the problem. are keeping people at home. Yeah, like Luca. I mean, yeah. they released that for free. They didn't even charge for it. No, I, I it popped up Saturday morning, and I clicked on it thinking that they were going to have me pay money. So they started playing this weekend. Uh, Fast and the Furious Nine is coming out. Who cares though? Tomorrow the, War in July, but that's coming out also on Netflix. That's at Amazon. Amazon. Amazon Prime. Um, Black Widow, of course, but that's bruh. also coming out on Disney, Disney Plus. Bruh. Space Jam Two should probably be pretty big. Nobody gives a sh. But everybody hates LeBron. It's Gosh, hilarious so how much everybody hates him. I think it's hilarious. He is. The worst human. I, I can't stand that man. I don't know him personally. I, I know tell him. You what, I've met him a time I, or two. I tell you what. He seems like an awful man. And I don't like saying that about people, but gosh, he's so out of touch. Okay, you want to know? That's what it is. He's the, out of touch with reality. The other big ones coming out? Of course. Um, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Yeah, I saw that on uh, Comic Book Resource, and it, I'm kind of intrigued. Supernatural Ammonite Shyamalan thriller, Old, Meh. based on a French graphic novel. Mm. Uh, a sandcastle about a group of people who discover a dead body on the beach. Uh, Jungle Cruise with Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. That'll come out. That's going to be a big one. That was filmed a while ago. I think that yeah. was supposed to come out a couple of years ago. The Green Knight. I want to see that. I've not even heard of this, but I love anything about the Knights of King Arthur. Tell you what, I told you about the trailer that came out. This was over a year ago. Um, I thought it was going to be a Netflix movie. 
I think they changed that because I'm pretty sure it was supposed to release on Netflix, but they must have changed it and it's going to be a, a theater release. But I've seen the trailer for it and I'm I'm in. So then we got, of course, uh, Suicide Squad, um, Ryan Reynolds, Free Guy. The, um, the more I see of that, the more I hate it. I'm going to unfortunately have to see Paw Patrol, the movie, probably. Nope. Um, Shang-Chi then comes out in September and Venom in September. And there's a new Bond movie in October. Oh, and then um, Dune, of course. November. In right? um, October 21st. Oh, I cannot wait for that movie. And then a Disney postpone, postponed hor- small town horror chiller, Antlers, produced by Guillermo del Toro. And then, of course, we get Eternals, and they push back Ghostbusters to November. Why? I don't know. Why do they keep pushing push back, back Top I want to Gun see. to November? Well, I can understand that. Tom Cruise had to do a couple more stunts. Ooh. Resident Evil, welcome to Raccoon City. Who cares? I want to see that. And then Spider-Man in December, Matrix 4 in December. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. That's of this year? That's of this year, yeah. That's all of this year? Holy cow. The King's Man, which is, a, a, um, I believe, it's a Kingsman prequel. Oh, wait. No, I've been filming a documentary in my life. I thought that was... The King's Man. That's what I called it. And then sometime Tomb Raider 2 and um yeah that's it. That's quite a few mov- movies coming out this I'm year. excited. I'm, I'm also excited for in February because we got what do we talk about um Thor Love and Thunder but also we get Uncharted. Oh with uh Tom Holland yeah, Tom and Holland. Uh, Morbius and the Batman in March March 4th the day after my birthday. Dude, we got some movies coming and out. And Doctor Strange in March. And John Wick Chapter Four in May. There's oh my gosh! Yeah, there is all kinds kinds of stuff coming out. I think we're in a little bit of a lull right now, but by the end of summer, we're going to be getting some big movies. Normally, they come out with really big blockbuster movies in the summertime, but oh my God, next year it's, looks so great. We got we got some good times. Fantastic out of Beast a, Three, Indiana Jones Five, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse Two, Captain Marvel Two, Aquaman Two, Avatar, Star Wars. What a time to be alive! You know, let's do it. I know. Let's do it. I can't tell you how much I love going to the movies. I just don't understand it. <laughs> I don't know why it's so fun, but it is one of the funnest things in my life. I will go to a movie by myself at any point in the day. Yeah. Would you do that? Absolutely. Yeah, I love you it. You know what I've done once in my life, and it was the best thing I ever did? What? Me and Marley went to a movie in the middle of the day. No kids. Went to another one? And then we walked out, and we went in and saw another movie. Oh, I've never done that. It was like my dream come true. And we were in a, like a, the AMC in the Naperville. Yeah. And it was an awesome theater. Did you pay? Can, do, you have a, yes. do you have a crickets thing? <laughs> No, but I have. Uh, wait, I gotta look it up because I always get them wrong. Which one? I got this one. <laughs> no, that means no. Um, yeah, we did. But anyway, let's move on no, with you the didn't. news. I did have another um, thing. I it's not really news, but uh, we got an email over the weekend about a Kickstarter for a comic series that. 
I've been following for like the past two years. We haven't talked about it as much. We were supposed to have the guy on the podcast. Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia. Wrestletopia, yes. They have a Kickstarter going right now. It has 57 hours to go, which it will be over by the time this podcast comes out, it unfortunately. Will be. Darn it. Um, $3,000 they're at. They need 9500 They have some pretty good. Should we support them like from the show? Yeah, I think we should. What, what do you want to do? How much do you want to do? Uh, at least a few thousand. A few thousand dollars? Okay, that's fair enough. No. <laughs> like 20, 30 bucks, something like that? Yeah. Okay. 50. We'll do 25 if, a piece. If we do 50, we can get our pictures in the comic book. Yeah. Okay. That's 25 a piece. That's that's worth it, right? Um, we can get the whole back cover for an ad for $325. An ad? We need ad we need ad revenue for Snarf yeah, Talk. Yeah, probably right. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll do it. So check that out. Um, Invasion of Press Planet Wrestletopia if you're into like old school wrestling. It is kind fun. kind of a fun... The animation or the drawing or whatever is really... I love the style that it's yeah. in. It's kind of like a cartoony style, but it, it suits it really well. And it's like, um, man, if you're into wrestling in like the 80s and early 90s. It's right it's up like, your alley. Yeah, it's, it's like Jake... Jake the Snake came to life. Yeah, yeah, but the, they're like they come from another planet, another like planet. wrestling people. I don't know. Um. Anyway, your, your turn for some new. No, that's all I had. That's all you had. I only had those two small things. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I got a bunch more. Um, an extended cut. Uh, and by the way, this has to go on our Star Fox homework list. By the way, okay. An extended cut of the Super Mario Brothers movie has resurfaced from the nineties. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I watch that all the time. So apparently there was a director's cut at the time, never got released. They never do. Um, that cut has been reassembled by fans. Apparently somehow they got all the footage. What? And it got posted online, but it got taken down wherever it was that you could watch it. So, But I, I'm betting we can find it if we do a little bit of digging. The the dark web, but it's garnered enough attention that they're saying they might get an actual release of it. I tried to watch this movie not that long within the year. I could not find it anywhere. Really, I don't. Dennis know Dennis Hopper's in it. Where it exists, John Leguizamo. John Leguizamo is uh, Luigi. Yeah, Super Mario Bros. Um, what's his name is uh, Mario. Uh, the guy who was supposed to be Wolverine. Um, the guy from Roger Rabbit. Yeah, isn't that Mario? If I'm remembering it correctly, I don't remember. Yeah, yes, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Yeah, he's Mario. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, I don't know. We need to find this movie. I we, loved it. We need. I love that movie. I so, rented it from the Marzan market yes. all the time. But then once we got satellite, it, they used to play it all the time when we we had gotten. HBO or short Showtime at one point, and they played it on that. I think um, it's either that or I'm thinking of it on um, a different network. What would it be? Uh, whatever. But I used to watch it quite often um, and loved it. It was right up my alley. It reminded me of like a Waterworld type movie, where <laughs> you know, like where you have like they're always in these like really smoky, dark 
like steampunkish rooms and they're running around. It was it's nothing like Mario. No, it has you know almost no and bearing to Mario whatsoever. No, like all of the Goombas are these small pinheaded large creatures walking around. Yeah. I loved it though. I I remember watching it a lot. Well this cut is apparently twenty minutes longer and restores pre- previously deleted scenes. Um you can watch Mario and Luigi compete with a rival plumbing company. Koopa drowning one of his henchmen in slime and a newly extended rap sequence. Well, you sold me with the rap sequence. But everywhere that it says it's available here on the Internet Archive for free, it's not there. It's taken down now, apparently. But I wonder if you could get it on Tubi TV. Uh, Have you heard of Tubi? I don't know where you can find it. T-U-B-I? I bet you YouTube TV has it. It's nowhere. I don't know. How can a movie be nowhere? It's like, that, that was a big movie, right? Yeah, it was a big movie. Well, I mean, it, it, I think it was a box office flop. Can you buy it on Amazon? You must be able to buy it on Amazon, right? The bo- it Oh, made yeah, $3.99. You can rent it on Amazon. $38.9 million at the box office. That seems pretty good. It does seem pretty good for a movie that came out... Listen, 1993. It's got 3,500 reviews on Amazon, and it's at four and a half stars. Well, IMDb has it at 4.1 out of 10. I think that's low. I, I think this is like a cult classic movie where you may remember something when you first saw it, but now it's much better than you remember. I feel like that, too. Um, apparently, no. On Amazon, it's only on DVD. You can buy it on DVD. They're not streaming it. I'm not seeing a streaming option. What the You can heck? buy it on Blu-ray for $26. Fisher Stevens is in it as Iggy. Okay. Do you know who Fisher Stevens is? No. He's the main character in Short Circuit besides the robot. It's $3.99 at Walmart, so we'll have to figure it out. Um, anyway, I'm excited, and th- th- I think that needs to be our next one after Dick Tracy. I agree. We were supposed to review Dick Tracy last week. Yeah, we'll get to it. Um, and and this week, but you know, we'll get to it. Life gets in the way. Um, so were you ever a fan of the trauma movies? So I've heard of this genre, and I don't know if I've ever seen a movie. I mean, I, I've trauma. Caught, is it like um? It was the creation of Lloyd Kaufman. No, yeah. And yeah. they were all just like extremely bad B movies. Like I think Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is one. Yeah. And there's, there's a like, bunch of them. Like is The Thing or something no, like that? No, The Toxic Avenger. Toxic Avenger. That That's... was his like biggest thing. Yeah. It was big when we were kids. Like there were toys, there was comics, there was all this stuff. Right. Like. And I'm aware of that, but no, I never got into it. Well, everything, uh, apparently, it's getting um, rebooted. The Traumaverse, huh? Um, it was been talked about for the last several years, but uh, Legendary Entertainment is producing a new Toxic Avengers okay. movie. It is two-star Peter Dinklage, I believe. He will play Toxie himself. So what is, give us a background of what is the Toxic Avengers. Oh my God. I, I mean, I barely remember, but basically he's a guy. I think he was a janitor. Okay. And... He falls into like a vat of chemicals. Okay. And he becomes like a horrendous monster. Not and the Joker, not Swamp Thing. N- kind of like, no, 
kind of like a swamp thingy, man thingy type of basically like like the dude from the Goonies. Oh, okay. Like the whatever that guy's name was. Um, why can't I think of his name? Oh, yeah. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Um, kind of looks like that. His eyes are all messed up. He's gross. And he basically lives in like the sewers and goes around and fights crime and fights corrupt. Politics. So he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. He doesn't eat children. No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a positive. Um, if he did, I would have been. Man, I would have slapped his plate of food out of his hands. What is the status of the project? Filming is expected to begin before the end of June. Production in Bulgaria. Who doesn't love a good Bulgarian Since production? Since its debut nearly 35 years ago, the Toxic Avenger has been in one of the most successful cult franchises in history, spawning three sequels, a children's cartoon in the 90s. That's what I remember, the cartoon. So I thought there was a cartoon. Yeah, in a live stage musical, Troma Entertainment has cultivated a specific brand of movie, a mix of horror action and raunchy comedy that has a fervent fan following. It'll be interesting to see what a studio version would look like. It will likely receive an R rating. Hmm. R rating. Um, I've never been one to love B movies. Like, I never got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm the same way. I really haven't either. I, I fail to find like the fun in it, and people just are hardcore into it, but I, I rarely find the fun in it. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm videotaping you. Okay. So it's like a sneak peek. A sneak peek behind the scenes. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'll definitely watch it. I find that guy who I see in, um, you know, I see him in interviews all the time, Lloyd Kaufman. The guy, is he in interviews? Yeah, a lot? he gets interviewed, and he's always in. Like he's still like a guy. He's old, but yes, he's gets interviewed for stuff. I find him a very obnoxious. <laughs> Sneak peek stuff. That's Sneak what I'm doing behind the scenes. Um, oh. That's all the news I got. How old is Lloyd? He's very old. Very old. He's got to be if it was like in our childhood, and he was like he was old then. I never even imagined that he would be alive. He's not that old. He was born in 1945. So well, I mean, he's probably like that's not eighty, right? No, be like seventy-five, seventy-five years old. No, forty-five. So sixty would be sixty years old would be two thousand five. Seventy would have been twenty fifteen. So he's seventy-six years old. Yeah, that's not that old. It's not that bad. No, he's still ready to rock and roll and put out some more Toxic Avenger. Yeah, let's party. Nice. Um. All right. I think it's top ten time. Top 10 live action comic book adapt- adaptations to television. Yeah. This was That's a hard a, list. Honestly, it wasn't that hard for me. I don't know why. There's a I, lot I, to choose from. There's a ton to choose from. There was so many shows, but for a top 10 for me, I guess I'm nailing it down to, there's been so many good shows that have came out recently. Yeah. A lot of these are pretty recent in mine. Yeah. I have a couple older ones, but. Um, I got some honorable mentions as well. You want to go? Uh, or I'll go. Yeah, you always start. What are you talking about? All we right. don't have a drum roll on our soundboard. No, we don't. Oh man, we should have had a drum roll put on there. Um, my number ten is possibly one that people are going to hate my list. Really? Yeah, and I try to approach this with a mix of. Again, 
like everything. I like to put some nuance to my lists. So it's like what I like to watch, but also like production value, but also like how it captures the essence of comic books and the source material. So I like kind of churn those things all together. Okay. I didn't solely go by like what did I actually enjoy watching the most, although that was a heavy weighed heavily on my yeah, decision. I, I didn't really either. I didn't put my list as what I've watched the most. I've put my list as more of a uh what has been the best production from a comic book series. Even though if even if it isn't like exactly what the comic book is. See, I didn't base it on like what's been the best production. I based it on No, I'm saying like the um a widely liked TV show that was based off a comic book. Okay. Well, anyway, that gets to my number 10. Agents of Shield. Yeah. I yep. I enjoyed the show. I watched it. Um I enjoyed it for I'm what, surprised you have it at 10. Really? Oh, yeah. I really, I really, really enjoyed yeah. this show, but what I really respected about this show was it always had really high, I thought, a really high production value. Obviously, they threw a lot of money at it. Um, but one of the things I liked about it most was like its ability to tie the movie universe together in a television series, which I think had just never been done before. Right. It was like a first of its kind. Was it perfect? Was it a little campy at times? Was it a little overdramatic at times? Sure. But it always had interesting storylines. It always brought interesting characters like that they didn't do in movies or never would, like right. Deathlock, you know, and other things like that. Right. Um, they brought in, they did Ghost Rider, right, for a season? They did. Um, and they did a great version of that. Character. Multiple episodes. Like the whole season. Yeah. Was, he was, they seemed a whole season about it. Yeah. They brought in a lot of cool characters that would never get their own show, would never be in the movie universe, would never be anything but B characters, even in the comics. Yeah. Although Ghost Rider was a, an A character for a while. But um, I just, I really respected that. And they always had great actors and good writing and solid storylines that were both week to week, but also like very much there was an arc throughout the season. They, yep. they had specific arcs. Like the whole season was about this thing. And I just thought it was super cool. And then when you reached, when you do all that and then have kind of the madness of trying to, to tie a thread between the movie universe, I just think that's really cool. And obviously we're seeing more of that happen now. Um, but that was like the first time. Yeah. So why I'm surprised, I'm very surprised that you put it at number 10 because I thought you'd have it up higher in your list because you have talked about it a lot. I was never one to watch that show a ton. I did watch quite a bit of it, um, but it wasn't something that I turned on all the time. So I put it in my list as well as number 10. No kidding. Um, And I actually named my daughter because of this show. Really? Sky. Yeah, because one of the characters' names yeah. was Sky at the beginning. Her name changes, but right. Um, I always thought it was because of uh, Paw Patrol. No, <laughs> definitely not. No, um, but I think we covered it. I mean, I I loved the the only reason I was wrapped into this show because um, I wasn't necessarily pulled in like because of production or anything. Like, and I never really watched a lot of CW shows, but. That was not CW. That was an ABC or, uh, show. ABC, yeah, it's an ABC show. I was never a fan of ABC shows. I did watch CW shows. 
Um, but they they did. They tied in a TV universe to a movie universe, and nobody did that. Right. Nobody has done that, and it's incredible. I mean, even though they kill off, what's his name? Clark Gregg. Agent. Agent uh, what? Coulson. Coulson. Even though they kill off Coulson in the movies, you still get to see him in the TV show, and I think that's amazing. Yeah. And he's, I, I, and he's a great actor and a great character. He is a great actor and great character. Um, and I liked how they brought him back for, obviously, uh, Captain Marvel, which is whatever. But I liked seeing him as a younger yeah. version of I himself think it's at cool the beginning too, of all too, because they could have coasted on this show and just but made they, like a, oh, these are like the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, and they could have made it like any other crime type show the writers worked their butt off oh my god with this so much crazy shit happens in this show yes it's so many people love it i mean this is a big show it's a big deal yeah i mean it has solidified itself as one of the best comic book tv shows i think ever yeah i agree um it's just happens to be my top 10 because i didn't get into it as much as other people now i wish i would have put it higher i thought you would have i really did i thought i was going to catch so much guff for it so that's I, why i kept it low i don't know and i honestly thought you were going to give me a huge amount of shit for putting it at 10 no um okay so my number nine so this is another one that like i absolutely loved i think it's like as a television show mm-hmm. like purely one of the smartest and most well done series of any show in recent memory um and i enjoyed watching it but i put it at number nine because like with all the other stuff out there, I can't see myself like it was a heavy watch. You know what I mean? Okay. And that is uh, Watchmen. Oh. On HBO. I love that season. I thought it was really smart, really well done. Um, I was excited to get the story. I From an artistic standpoint and a writing standpoint, yeah. there's a lot of genius stuff happening in it. But like it was really heavy, and the entertainment value on it is heavy you know what i mean so like i it's incredibly heavy it's not fun you know what i mean so there's a certain amount of that that plays into me into it with me is like i want to give it its due as being like groundbreaking which it is Mm -hmm. and i love the watchmen everything about the series and the books and everything and that the tv show is very much its own thing here um it's created it it isn't based off of the comics as far as i know that series Um, no it's not. So they took these characters and they kind of gave them new life. That's great and that's fine. And so that I think knocks some points off for me as well. But you know it's a phenomenal television show loosely based on the comic books, but it doesn't feel very comic booky to me. So I can't like get it up higher on the list. Yeah. I get it. Um my number 9 is one Again, I didn't watch a ton of it. I did go back and start watching it because I never watched it when it physically aired on TV. It aired from 2001 to 2006. It was a WB show. You know what it is? WWB. Yeah, it was on when the... Smallville? Yes, Smallville. That's my number nine. I was never big into this show, but... It aired way longer than that. It had like over 10 seasons. It had 10 seasons, but it was from 2001 to 2006. It it was in the spring and the fall. Okay. It like spanned in one year. 
Because I just looked it up to see how long it ran. And it says 2001 to 06. Um, oh, on the WB, then they switched to the CW. Yeah. That's what it was. So it had to have been until 2010. Let me look. It ran for a long time. Either anyway, way, it, it had 10 seasons. But uh, I went back and started watching some of these shows, and I'm, I kicked myself so hard for not watching it when it came out because I would have been all about this in high school. I, think, I was all about that. I love that show. Yeah, it is a great show. It is the perfect fit. I fell out for, of it when I got out of high school. Kind it, of. It's like. the perfect fit for a like teenage style drama to bring you into a superhero it's type world. The Superman Dawson's Creek. It is. It's. It absolutely <laughs> is. And I, I I liked that type of TV show growing up. Yeah. You know, and I just was out of it when this came about. Um, I don't know why. But when I deployed, there was a guy, he was 10 years older than me, and all he would ever talk about was Smallville. And he was getting, he was watching the show when we were deployed. That was in 2006. And he was watching that show, continuously watching it. And he always told me about Smallville. And that's what sparked it in my brain to think, like, maybe I should watch this. So I didn't watch it until we ended up getting home. So like 2008 through... 12 maybe i caught some episodes i was never an avid watcher but i have to give this credit where credit's due in the fact that it is a great comic book style show but still like with the teenage drama type stuff it's based around superman before he ever gets a suit and all that kind of thing love it i think it's really good writing i think and one of the lead actresses allison mack got super involved in a sex cult you're right. <laughs> that is a thing. You yep. forgot about that. It was really weird. I think um, she like went to jail or somebody went to jail. People went to jail. Yeah. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> um, but it's a great, it, it is a very, very good show. And I think it, she was recruit. She was accused of recruiting women as slaves for the cult. Oh, and they took pictures and photos and videos of them and kept them on top of them as like a, collateral like if they ever came out they would release the stuff it was wicked i think she went to jail yep she pled guilty (laughs) to racketeering and conspiracy and faces 20 years in prison holy smokes Mm -hmm. that's really bad but the show was very good so (laughs) but it's my number nine because i didn't get into it as much as others yes okay my number eight is lock and key Oh, this I is like a, that this show. is a newer one. Uh, Netflix show. If you haven't uh, watched it, I would highly recommend it. Um, the book was on our list for new readers and also yes. maybe of best comics. It's written by Joe Hill, who is Stephen King's son, mm-hmm. and it is a great, great comic book. Um, the comic book is definitely more R-rated than the TV show, which is. Oh my gosh! Aimed yes. at like a PG thirteen kind of audience. It spans a little bit of you know teen to adult mm-hmm. oriented. Um, I actually enjoyed the show version, weirdly enough, as much or better than the book. I think the the changes they made really made sense for bringing it to television for tele for an adaptation to television. Correct. Yes. Now, one thing you don't get is the variety of keys, which I think is interesting from the books. And I hope they tread into new territory because they They shoot up so much story in that first season. 
Um, and I, obviously we all know where the book ends mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's no way, I mean the book, they leave it at season one, almost at the end of the book series. Well, it's through like the two, it's the first like two, the first four trades, which is like the first two volumes. Yeah. Like it's all like the two first big graphic novels that I read. Cause I read it in like volumes on comiXology and yeah, it's, there's only four of those. There's not much more left, but, no. um, I enjoyed it. The only reason it's not higher on my list, I think a lot of people would put it higher maybe, is, you know, it, it's based on a graphic novel. And right. it a comic book as well, I guess you could call it. It did have single issues, but it's not very comic booky in its no, material. It's, it's, no. it's more like light horror. I would agree. It, it's at times very horrorish the book in the yeah. book not, yeah not so much the show but i preferred the book over the tv show because i'm a purist yeah um but i still love the tv show there's a little more imagination in the book i yeah. think but uh i'm enjoying it a lot and i want to see more and I, there's only one season to judge so it's eight for me okay my number eight and the one that i thought you would yell at me about is one of my favorite comic book characters of all time and it's not the newest version of it. It's the oldest version of it. And that is Swamp Thing. Oh, my god! series. Open up that little piece of paper, Jerry. The old series from 1990. Open up that little piece of paper, Jerry. Okay, let's see. Let's see. I'm opening. Swamp Thing original series. <laughs> How did you know that? I just knew it. You owe I me thought, dinner. I knew you were going to write Swamp Thing down, but I thought you were going to put the newest Swamp Thing. Nope. And I wanted to say, like, you're going to be off because you're going to think it's the new series. And you didn't. No, I got it. Wow. That, that was a good poll, Chris. I'm proud of you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. The original Swamp Thing series that ran in the 90s had three seasons. There was like 72 episodes. I have the whole box set of it, and I absolutely love it. My whole When I first got Facebook, my description of myself was the opening monologue to that series, um, that Swamp That was from says. the series? Because no, that's from the book. It's from the series. Okay, but it's well, also from the book. It is from the book, but they did change it. In the series. Okay. I don't think it's the same thing. Okay. I'd have to go back and look. I can't tell you if you're right or wrong. But either way, I wrote that as my description of myself. Um, I absolutely love it. Is it campy? Is it cheesy? Yes. It's an early 90s TV show. But I still, to this day, think it's the best depiction of Swamp Thing on TV that you've ever seen. I love it. I think the guy who plays Swamp Thing does it perfectly. It's absolute straight up insanity yes. that there isn't an animated swamp thing like R rated, adult oriented. Yes, it is direct DC series. Why are they not doing it? it it's, I, it's 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 perfect for animation. In today's day and age of the things that they're creating and the like how they reach for strange things. I mean they put Guardians of the Galaxy as a main movie in Marvel. Nobody even read Guardians of the Galaxy. Nobody even knew what it was when it was coming out as a main big blockbuster movie in the Marvel universe. You know, like the 
cinematic universe, they put these characters that nobody's heard of as a main movie, but Swamp Thing, a huge groundbreaking series in DC that has done very well, that every t- everybody talks about as like huge books. They just refuse to do a good thing with and that that content, and there's so much there. And the thing about that content is it's perfect for television. It's it's perfect for TV. It's not great for movies. No. Because it's, they're smaller stories. Yeah, it's... Um, at least they're not smaller in scope. The the stories are so in depth. Yes, I think they're, they're in depth. They're character based. Yes, but they're also like regional. Yeah. So I think it'd be perfect so. for television, and I think animation would suit it because here's my here's my pitch to it. You bring in, of course, like the um, Alan Moore stuff. You do a lot of that, but you can also, if you have a series and it's animated, you can also evolve that into the scott snyder run where the animation would be unbelievable because that deals with lot the rot yes and the visuals are intense and perfect for animation it'd be unbelievable yeah well the original series wasn't necessarily as intense and it was a 90s early 90s show so again it was a little bit like the incredible hulk lou ferrigno but i think a step above i think it was a little bit like sure. a, a step above that but yes, in the same realm, um, yeah. But I I have to put it on here because I've watched it so much and I love it so much. I had to put it on here, and it's my number eight. We should put the movie on our Snarf recommends or our Snarf uh, homework. Yeah, the eighties movie. Love I, that movie. I think so. Uh, my number seven is Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman. Oh. Um, that's a good one yeah i i don't know this was like a whim here so the reason i think i did it is i i very much enjoyed the show when mm-hmm. i was a kid it was on through the 90s it was a wgn show right? i don't even channel know. nine no i thought it was abc Hmm. 1993 to 1997 so this was a, a very much like a family sit down and watch the show all together um I've never been a huge Superman fan, but I love this series. And it was, you know, Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. They were great. They were perfect. Um, And I look at this and I go like, we're talking about comic book adaptations in television. And you have a live action, real Superman, a cinematic-ish Superman, flying being Superman, I'm like, how can you not include that? Actually doing what Superman does. There's yeah. not a lot of television where you get that type of a superhero. Lots of times you get the Batman type stuff or the street level type stuff or the oddball, you know, lock and key horror type stuff. Right. Stuff that's easier to do on television. But you don't get a lot of big action superhero stuff. I mean, obviously you get like Smallville and stuff like that. And you have now with CW gotten a little more of that with Flash and some other things. But... To me, this like it stretches the line. Like it harkens back to the olden days of like the Batman animated or the Batman TV show, right? Uh, the Incredible Hulk show, but it like steps the game way up from that. But and it's it was still, the first one to do that, really. Like to to that point. I mean, I know you had an old Flash show, and yeah, Fantastic Four did it in the nineties. So it bridged that. It bridged yeah. all of that, and it made it new enough that you could probably watch it now. And I don't know, but I'm assuming you could watch it now, and it would look modern enough i think so they uh, they jumped a lot it jumped a lot yeah so i i just 
kind of respected that show even existed. And I'd love to watch the new one. And I haven't watched it yet. I know. I haven't watched it yet either, and I want to. I'm waiting for like the whole season to be out because it's a the, all those CW shows, in my opinion, are the best watched binged. Yeah. So Lois and Clark, that's my number seven. Uh, my number seven, people may hate me for putting it this low. Um, I didn't follow the series all the way through. I watched the first five seasons, um, and that is The Walking Dead. Ooh, The Walking Dead. Yeah, I have it at seven. Um, again, a lot of people Kirkman would, would hate you. A lot of people would hate me for that because so many people followed it uh, and still do like to this day because I don't think it's over yet, right? It's not over. Um, it's it's still going, and that's fine. Um, I did love it. The first, again, five seasons, I followed this show at week to week. It was like a week to week thing, but I would record it, and I thought it did an incredible job. It was the first. I've never been a big horror guy, and I've never been a huge like zombie guy. But at the time when this started, I thought I was. I thought I was a big zombie guy, and I loved what they were doing. With the show, it was so real to me. On, I mean, AMC blew it out of the water when they put this show on. Like one of the biggest shows of all time. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and I did. I loved it. I and felt, of the last decade, it blows everything out of the water. There's sure. nothing even close yet to the ratings that this has had. No, this is like Super Bowl type rating. No, right. not Super Bowl type ratings, but big time I mean, outside of sports and. Things like that, nothing even comes close. It really doesn't. I mean, it, it was awesome. I, I The first three seasons, I would say, were my favorite because that's when I was just locked in. Then the fourth season and then the fifth season, I got weighed down because I felt like it was a lot of waiting and a lot of the storyline kind of dragged a little bit. But if we're going by adaptations from comic book to TV, I know they didn't necessarily follow the comic book to a T, but this very faithful. Yeah. Very faithful. Very good. It's just a, it's just a great show. Yeah. It just wasn't one of my favorites, but I had to put it in my top 10 for what it is and how much I liked it. You know, at the time I did. Okay. Um, my number six people may go crazy about this. Okay. But I have my reasons. Uh, my number six is Gotham. Yep. There's a lot of hate for this show out there. And I'm telling you, I think it's by people that didn't watch it. I have to say that is also my number six. Is it really? Yes, it is. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed this show. But as as a show and as a Batman show, I enjoyed it like crazy. Um, as a show, I think it was extremely well done uh, as far as like the production value yeah. and everything like that. And they, Especially coming from Fox. But also their ability to take wild risks for no reason. They did. I always respected that. Big time. Um, but what I liked about it the most was it was so like goofy but serious about it. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Dark. And, and dark and that whole like Batman universe. I just thought it was like way underrated. I think it encapsulates like Gotham, the city of Gotham very well. It is goofy. Like the city of Gotham has goofy things that happen in it all the time. Right. There's very dark things that happen in it all the time. 
but then there was like real story that also happened and you have a detective that you're following and you follow his entire life and you see and that the, guy is great and you see characters ben being built McKenzie, up. right yep yep and you see characters that get built up throughout the series to become what they are in in the comic books to an extent not to a t you know it's not perfect uh but i think the writers did a very good job in this show and the way they changed each season mm-hmm great absolutely kind of similar to um agents of shield in that way like every season kind of had a theme and and that developed later on do i like fish mooney absolutely not nobody likes fish mooney not at all (laughs) and that's the way it was designed do i think it was way overacted and ridiculous yes but i love the penguin dude am i gonna the riddler guy yeah am i gonna tear the season the show down for that no i mean this is a show that you need to watch for sure um, that was both of our number sixes. Number five for me. Top. Top five. five. Um, I'm giving this show props for starting a bit of an empire in the wow. CW universe, in the Berlanti universe. Okay. And I'm going number five is Arrow. Okay. Um, I love the show. It is a soap opera. Of course. Uh, that just happens to have some... St- ridiculous super heroics in it but it was always a well-acted fun i wouldn't say fun a well-acted soap opera drama and i think as far as the cw stuff goes i always respected the seriousness of it and that it didn't get too teenagey you know like it still maintained its older yeah uh viewing audience and it opened up that whole universe of Flash and not so much Supergirl, but I guess later on that kind of came into it. And it was always, I, in my opinion, it was always the best of all of those. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to like in Flash, but I think Arrow always was the, was like the older brother of all those shows. You're right. You know what I mean? The, the original and the older, yeah, the older brother. It came first. Yeah. So I always really, really liked that show and all the people that acted in it. And, you know, I don't know that it took any wild risks, but I... Uh, not real. I mean, not really, but... I liked it. I enjoyed it. And I like the Green Arrow. I like that character. I always have. Well, ever since I really ever first read that when Kevin Smith did his run, uh, Quiver run. Quiver, man. This bears very little resemblance to any comic book adaptations of Green Arrow, but, um, you know, I still... I really liked it. Okay. Um I should have liked that show a lot more than I ever have. I watched the first two seasons of it, and then I kind of quit watching it for some reason. I don't, I don't really know why. But then again, I do know why, and it was because of The Flash. Is that your number five? That's my number five. Um, I fell in love with The Flash show on the the very first season, and it was all because of like the last two episodes. The problem, the biggest problem I have with the Flash is that the middle of the seasons get weighed down in unnecessary storyline, like unnecessary yep. things happen that weigh the story down, and it doesn't necessarily advance the story. It's like side stories that don't need to happen, you know. And then they catch back up. It's like you get the main story in the first four to five episodes, then you get ten in the middle that don't necessarily mean anything, and then you get the last four to five that wrap it all together. 
that was enough for me to love it. The first season of The Flash got me, like, it just hit me right square in the chops. I loved it about his mom, like, going back to try to save his mom. And, oh, gosh. I think that is by far the best season of a comic book show that I've seen heart-wise. Like, it really hit me. I, it was unbelievable. What sold me on it was Kevin Smith watching it. Yeah. And then that's I saw Kevin Smith watching, like, the season finale of the first season. That's when I decided to even go watch the show. And, it, you know, the, there's a lot of episodes in these sub CW shows, so it's a, a bit of a sit, you know, to get through all of that content. But it is so worth it. And I remember we were in Vegas. We went to Vegas to see my sister, and I wasted almost an entire day of that visit watching the flash on my computer. We were like sitting at home. We all had young kids. We weren't going out and doing a bunch of wild things in Vegas and it's super hot outside. And I literally watched the second half of the first season of the flash. And I was like sitting on the couch as a grown man with all these kids around me, like half crying about, (laughs) you know, him seeing his mom die again and then realizing like I can't save you and going back. I don't know. I loved it. it has it tra- I've trailed off and haven't really watched the show much since then. I know I've watched the first four seasons of it. Um, and it hasn't got any better than that last episode. The second season was very good as well, but I don't know. I got to give it props. I loved it so much. I and was very into it. Damn. Do I love Tom Cavanaugh? <sighs> So good. He is so good in that. I, I think all of them are very good. Um, yeah, I have to put it in there. It's my number five. All right. Number five for you. Uh, number four for me um, takes a bit of a turn, and that is a show that I was kind of unsure of in the first season and I know it grown to respect a lot in the second one. And overall, I still don't really know where I stand with it, which is an odd thing to say, except that I want to see more of it. Yeah. And that's The Boys. I knew it. Um, it's not uh, nothing negative. I have nothing negative to say. It's like an incredibly well-done show, um, production value-wise, writing-wise, drama-wise. It's just it's hard to wrap your head around what it is. I know. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. It doesn't feel like a show. And it doesn't feel like a movie. It's just... It's like you're just watching things actually play out. It's weird. It is It is weird. It is so new. But it's enjoyable. It's like a whole different... I don't want to say it's like a different form. It's just honestly like nothing I've seen before. Right. And I never read the book. I had no knowledge or introduction or knew nothing about these characters. Yeah, I was the same way. Um. And I just don't know that I've necessarily experienced anything like it as far as like... No, you haven't. I've seen like um, really hardcore like comic book adaptations like The Preacher. Oh, yeah. You know, adapted, um, which I also really, really enjoyed. But this being, taking the whole like superhero angle... Um, it's just like nothing I've really ever seen before until maybe a little bit like Invincible, which we didn't include on this list because it's animated. Um, but 
I just I, I want to see more of it, and you never get enough of it. It almost feels like you don't. You don't get enough of it. It's just like little bites, and you're like, is that that's all I have to go? You know what I mean? I, and the whole season feels that way. You get every episode, and then by the end of the season, you're just like, oh, there has to be more to this. But season two There's got to be more to this. In my opinion, absolutely blew season one out of the water. It wasn't even close. Season one, I had issues not issues with but there were times when i felt like it was a little bogged down season two just breezed i mean it was yeah. it was something <laughs> we'll talk more about it okay <laughs> um my number four you might be mad at me about this also chris but i had to put it on my list it's the brand new show that we just watched sweet tooth oh okay i put it on this list i have to put it on this list because i love it um, I didn't, this, again, like you talked about the boys, I didn't know anything about this until I saw a trailer for it and realized that it was a comic book adapted. Um, and big names were adapting it, and the creator was involved. So I went and watched it, and my gosh, was it such a good show. Everything about it. And then I said it in the last episode, so I'm just going to be repeating myself from um, episode 133. Um, and it's the fact that they took the comic book and legitimately put it on screen. There's the adaptation of it was just taking the pages and writing them into the TV screen. You know, like that's all they did because the actors spoke the same way as you read it on the page. They acted the same way. The stories were the same. It was just so good in that aspect to me that it blew me away that they could do it. They finally did it in my head. Like I've always wanted to see the same thing out of a book onto the screen. And I've always felt left down at some point from something in these comic book shows that were like, Oh, if they could have just done it like the comic did, you know? And I know that's hard to do. I'm not a creator of TV shows. I know it has to be hard to do. I feel like they nailed it with this show. And that's just the first season. I mean, it was an opening to a whole series that, they're going to be putting out they've got to be putting out more seasons because if they don't this i mean it would be the biggest travesty of our day and age if they don't put out more seasons of this show because they did such a great job of wrapping you in loving the characters loving the world and wanting to know more yeah and i don't know and it's such a weird premise like you don't know where these hybrid babies came from you don't we're, we lived in a pandemic and then they start talking about a pandemic and giving people vaccines and stuff. And this was all written well before this happened. Right. It was, it's documented, you know, like it wasn't created because of the pandemic. I don't want people to go into the show and watch it for the first time and think, oh, well, yeah, this, they just created this off of 2020. It's pretty easy to see. They didn't. This was written before that. And it's cool to see. I like it. I loved the way it looked. It's a great show. Yeah, I agree. It was a great show. Uh, my number three, I feel like if you've listened to 134 episodes of this show, you know what I like. There's certain things that I'm always in the bag for. I love um, samurai stuff. Mm-hmm. I love like Spider-Man, Asian, like uh, Crouching Tiger, that type, any movie like that. Yeah. I like like knights, like uh, anything like medieval Iron Fist. I like I like <laughs> post-apocalyptic stuff, and I love fantasy, like sorcery, swords and sorcery, like Witcher-type stuff, and space stuff. Those are like my big 
things. Mm-hmm. This one does a phenomenal job of taking two things, like the post-apocalyptic and the fantasy genres, and melding them together. And it's called Sweet Tooth. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> this, this show or book that I never read feels like almost like it was made for me to love because it like hits on so many things that I would love in a piece of fiction. Yes. And I'm, it's unbelievable to me that I, this is my first experience with it. If I saw something like saga get made, that is also another one that I feel like just hits on so many things that I love. Um, but this is one sweet tooth. And the, it, it would be one thing if I'm like, I love the idea of this story, but the execution didn't live up. But the execution absolutely lived up. It does. And it, and it, and it didn't have to, but it was more compelling than it even needed to be. Like, cause they you're right. They no, you're exactly right. They could have rested on the laurels of the premise, it, but they didn't. It is so compelling. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that way. They could have done so, they could have went so many different ways with this show. Um, but my God, you talked about it last week about how even how like the kid just like bounds through the scenes and like he looks and acts similar to a deer because the kid is a hybrid deer child, you know, like those little It's one thing to put that things. on a page. It's another thing to direct do that, that and have an actor do that and to make it work on screen. Yeah. And it's, they just do. They just executed it. it they executed it flawlessly. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to more of that. So that was your number three. You and I basically switched our threes and fours. Yeah. Uh, my number three is The Boys. Okay. Uh, I liked season one better than you did. I was actually, it floored me watching season one because that was the first time, like you said, it, it, it's a show that you can't wrap your head around. Like you don't understand what it is where it came from, how they can even make this into a TV show and thought it would be like well received, you know, like I, it's something I've never seen before. And that's what blew me away about season one is that it's like a sucker punch to the face of what superhero stuff is. It was so grounded in reality of superheroes that you've never seen before. Like the behind the scenes of superheroes, all you ever see is the glamorous good of the superheroes. This is like taking a different aspect of it and saying, yeah, you see that up front, but behind the scenes with governments involved and corporations involved and money being involved, these people are bought. These people are like owned and they're doing things because they want more money and fame and glamour. They're not doing things because they're good people. Right. They're not doing things because I want to be a superhero. I'm out for justice. They aren't, they are out for themselves and they work for a company, and they have to do this. And then you saw like the really dark side of these characters, and that's what sold me right off the bat. I was like, holy crap. Like This is something I've never, ever seen before or even really thought of. But then once you saw the show, I was like, well, yeah, of course. Like Why wouldn't you make something like this? Right. And then the second season came out, and like you said, just steamrolled the first. It was a better production. You weren't as annoyed with certain characters. For sure. Because in the beginning, like the first season, you weren't, the main character was kind of annoying. It was, uh, he was a hindrance to the show a little bit. Uh, Second season, it wasn't so much. They pulled back on his character and let a lot of the other people 
play basically. And the story was a little bit better and it just went so off the rails (laughs) at times that I I love it. I want more of that. I want to see season after season after season of this show Um, because the boys is something that's never been done before. And I'm really glad we get to watch something like this. I agree. That's my number three. Uh, Okay, my number two. We're down to one and two here, um, and I think we have them flip flopped. No, we don't, because um, my number two is Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. So now I don't even know where you're going. Oh my! I think we gosh. got the same number one, but I don't think we do at all. I think you left one out. I might have forgot one. I think you left mine out. Okay, what, uh, Walking Dead. I mean, you gotta give the respect where it's due i mean it's the biggest comic book show ever um robert kirkman is one of my favorite people ever the cast was amazing and i the story even if it was slow at times which it was on purpose i believe um was always compelling yeah up until maybe the last season or season six and seven um well see and i lost it at five yeah, and I think five was fine. There was enough in six. Seven was a little wild, and I, I dropped off from there. I, I actually never finished season seven. I think there was maybe one more season, or it's over. I don't even it's know. It's going still, I thought. I think it's done. I think or it's still have one season left. But there's another show coming out. There's a whole other new show coming out. And then there's Fear the Walking Dead still going, and then there's several movies coming out, um, which is fine. I'll take more. I've never been a big fan of like the zombie thing. I've never been right. into that. Um, but it's not really about zombies. But this show was groundbreaking. I've never seen anything like it at that point with this kind of production value. And, you know, it, it just, it worked. It, it worked. Did. And it was a, a solid piece of entertainment that we never missed. Both me and Marley, which is rare. She loved it as much as I did. Yeah. And... While you never were satisfied at the end of any episode, it left you always wanting more. I would agree with that. I, I always agreed with that because I wasn't ever satisfied. No, and I think they did it on purpose. Well, they had to have. I mean, it had to have been a design that way, but I couldn't handle it. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it got to be, for me, it got to be too much when it came down to Negan. And I think that that was a big problem that the show had a they didn't do the character right b they relished too much in in wasn't that that season five i mean five six seven i mean they're all no i know he left uh, the the season that he appeared in probably i don't remember i thought it was five because i'm i know i saw his first season so i might be off on the season that i dropped off on but after his first season I was just like, oh, I can't handle it. I can't handle it anymore. I want to get back in. I want to finish that season. I want to watch Fear of the Walking Dead, which I watched the first season of. Yeah, you were recording that, I thought. It was, yeah, and I, but I never finished up with it. I want to get back into it. I, I like that universe, um, and okay. I, want to, I want to be more engaged in it. Okay. That's my number two, Walking Dead. My number two is a Marvel Netflix show called jessica jones aha yeah um this rivaled the best comic book tv show that i've ever seen 
it was like one and two for the longest time. It's, it coincides with each other basically. But uh, Jessica Jones, when it first came out, I didn't expect much out of it on Netflix. And it blew me away because of character, like in the acting of characters and stuff. So um, David Tennant's in the first season. He's incredible. And I can't get over the way he acted his character, like the purple man in that. Well, and he was in the second season too, um, a little bit. He is unbelievable. And the way, what's the, the main character's name in real life? Like Jessica Jones's Kristen Ritter. Kristen Ritter does an incredible job um, acting like a traumatic person, like being Absolutely. traumatized by a, by a, another person the way she portrays it in the entire show through every like episode. PTSD, abuse. Oh, all yeah. All of it. She does an unbelievable job in the storylines that encompass that and show what she has to go through and what she's overcome and what she's doing in her normal day life. Like, you look at her as, like, this slum of a human being, you know? Like, she's got this... She's a private detective, but she has nothing together, and she drinks a lot. But once you get backstory and what she does and what her capabilities are and where she came from. It's just unreal the way they put the show together again on a comic book that nobody really wanted to right. watch or wanted to see. It was nothing like people weren't pounding on Marvel's door saying, put out a Jessica Jones show. I want to see this. Like nobody was doing that. Nobody asked for guardians of the galaxy. Nobody asked for a lot of things, but they threw Jessica Jones out there in the midst of having a huge show before this come out. And they're like, yeah, we're going to try this offshoot, see how it works. And they put together the right cast. They had the right writers put together a storyline that is absolutely compelling and wants you to know more about these characters. And they did it for two seasons now that topped each other. Like you have the first season, and I thought the second season was even better. Okay, so, I mean, this is... I totally agree with everything you've said. Uh, I love the first season, and David Tennant was incredible. Um, that's where I fell off was the second season. Oh, How I many were there? It. Two or three? There's only been two. Two. The second season, I had no use for, and that's why I didn't put it on my list. Because that's the one you dropped off. Yeah. I could. I can't believe that. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I. I. It wasn't enough. One season that dropped it off your entire top ten. Yeah. Oh, you're insane. Just because there wasn't enough, you know, yes. to rival any of the other things on the list. But you get so much more out of okay, other uh, characters. Other other things that the other reasons I didn't include it. Um it's by far the least comic booky feeling show I would agree. on these lists. And so I, I'm not saying I made my decision based off that. I'm just saying like it went into the mix. You know what I mean? You always talked about how you loved Jessica Jones. I absolutely did. Season one of Jessica Jones is an absolute phenomenal show. But once I started thinking about some of these other shows and all the reasons behind them, I just didn't, I couldn't throw it in there. I don't know if I've had a bigger letdown. And maybe it's, maybe I'm wrong from you. It's very possible. I'm wrong here. I did write it down on my long list. I don't know, Chris. I've never been let down this much from you. Really? No. Maybe I don't I think need I to ever go back have. and we'll rewatch it. That's a possibility. You have let me down so much with this choice of not even putting it in your top ten. Yeah, I'm gonna 
You need to get checked. Okay, maybe you're right. My gosh. Well, I know what your number one is. Then. Of course, yeah. My number one is the same as your number one. It's my favorite comic, one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Um, and Netflix blew it out of the water when they made Daredevil. Daredevil. Yes. My guy, Charlie Cox. Yeah. Holy there was smokes. so many good things they did in this show. It's hard to over. It's hard to just pick out one or two things. But if I had to pick one thing, it would be Kingpin. I was just gonna say it better be Kingpin. Yeah, it's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, that first season, um, his story, his storyline, his character, his acting is the best. One of the best villain portrayals in any comic book, anything ever. Agre- I ag- absolutely agree. And Charlie Cox is a little bit overshadowed by it as Daredevil. But at the same time, he almost compliments that character because they're like damaged in similar ways. But but also think about it as Kingpin. He's a guy that's already established his wealth, his um, like status in society, like what he is. Of course, he should be overshadowed by this big menacing man that has an incredibly huge wealth and status compared to Matt Murdock which is just a blind lawyer that has nothing and decides to be daredevil. Like that's the design of it. Like he's Matt Murdock and daredevil are trying to be something are trying to establish a, like um, they're trying to make the world right again, right? Like they're trying to bring people down. Yeah. So it's like you have this overarching enemy that's above you and does overshadow you in every aspect of the character. And then you have daredevil trying to climb up to that point to bring him down. You know, like that's the way I look at it is like this guy has a huge ladder to climb to try to get, to bring the kingpin down. Like, yeah. Of course. And I just love how they structure the flow of the season. It just feels like very, I don't know if this is the right description. Or not. It, it feels like almost operatic in the way they like handle their seasons. It's like it's got, you know, it's got a flow to it. You know, it's got a, yeah, it's got like crescendos and kind of peaks at some points and then comes down and then it, it always, but it's always building, building, building. Yes. Until right at the end. And I just thought it was great. Season two dropped off significantly for me. That that was the one with uh Electra and the Punisher, right? Yeah, yeah. Season two dropped off quite a bit for me. I was I remember being a little bit uh blase about that. But then they came back with a season three that I thought was extremely strong. So uh, second half of season two came in bigger. Yeah. I liked the Punisher uh in season two. Electra they need to do better with her. Like, I didn't think her character was that great uh, in season two, but season three, yeah, absolutely blew it out of the water. I thought they came back really strong with season three, and, you know, it's a shame. They're always trying to do more. They want to do more. Yeah. Maybe they always say, oh, they're going to do more. Charlie Cox is going to come in the movie universe, this, this and that. Um, I don't know how he fits in in the greater MCU, but... Honestly, I don't care. He does need to play that character again. They got to bring him back. I just don't see how he fits into the the movie universe. is so big, and Daredevil is is so small. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he is. But I think he can. I think you can. I mean, ninety percent of the nothing, show is just getting him getting his ass beat. Nothing is out of the realm of possibility when it comes to Marvel. No, they have ways of doing it. 
Daredevil for me, I love the gritty dark stuff. I've talked about it forever. If you've ever followed the show, that's what I love. And the first season of Daredevil, when he's trying to become the Daredevil, the entire season, yeah, it's him getting his ass beat. And no, I get aggravated with that at, at times because I want him to be the guy. I want him to be the guy that comes in and just beats ass and then wins the day, right, and seals the girl, whatever he's got to do. Like, be the person that is that superhero. But I understood, like, from the way they built each episode, like, he is a blind man, first off, and is learning certain powers that he has and has certain abilities. Um, but, but like, the, I don't know, what would you call it? Like, um, the military would call it intestinal fortitude. Absolutely. I so mean, that's the... That's the point of that is daredevil, right? And that's him always striving to win, always being able to overcome whatever is in front of him to be able to beat them. And then you get into the, I have to talk about the hallway scene. I have to talk about the stairwell scene. I have to talk about all of those scenes that they put together that are one shot scenes. The hallway scene is just the epitome of all of it is where it's one shot through a hallway where constant, it's a constant constant barrage of people coming out of doorways where he has to fight. But it's like the realest thing you will see if it was real. Like if somebody could physically do that, it looks so brutal and so real that I was instantly hooked. Yeah. And it, I don't know if you can recreate that ever again. No. And they do the, they do the right by the character almost – past the point of where they even need to. But the whole thing is like this guy lives in misery all the time, all the time. Yeah. And he is fighting demons that will, he'll never beat. Right. And he will take every punishment and every torture and get up from it Yeah, and move forward. And he revels in it. He lives for it. That's, At that point, that's once, all there is. Once he gets into it, he literally lives for it. It's like a drug. There's actually a point. I think it's in season three, where he's like, "I'm. I cease to be Matt Murdock." Yeah. No, that's what it's about. And like, I can't be a person anymore. He had for whatever reason. He feels like he has to. It's almost like, like Batman magnified right <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah this is this is it this is how i will do it forever right and uh i i don't know it's i just respect that they were able to take um the essence of that character and do it as good as it's been done but also um not waver from it i don't know if we will see a show like that again I don't think I so. mean to that extent where you have a comic book character that you know is dark and brooding and we know the the character and that's what they did portray in the TV show with that dark gloomy aspect of living for I don't know like what would you be called living for um like it's like almost a mental illness of like having to live in pain and torture. Yeah, like living for pain. It's like a masochist almost. Like yeah, he almost. has to have it. He has to be beat up. 
He has to be feeling the worst in order to like be the best, you know, like that's what he wants to do. And I, it's unbelievable. Uh, the whole show, the production, when it came out, like it's the first comic book show that Netflix put out and the way they did it was above and beyond. Yeah. I feel like I just want to rewatch it now. I definitely do. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to rewatch at least season three. I, I need to rewatch that for sure. Um, because it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. The, the series is, uh, the greatest thing I ever saw was the first season. Yeah. I think. Oh man. I mean, yeah. And, and like I said, as far as a villain portrayal of anything, I mean, I, I don't even think there's anything close. That's what overshadows everything is his. It, it, that's why I said the first season, because it, I don't know how you portray a bad guy any better than him because you feel for him. He's a sympathetic villain. You feel for him throughout. And then he's in the Punisher as well. Yeah. And when the Punisher came out, I wanted to put that on my list, but I didn't because it's just not as good, obviously. Punisher is great. It just doesn't feel like very comic booky. So it didn't uh, rise to, to a that point. Level. Yeah, it doesn't. But it's he's also like a in, military almost kind of right. I don't know. Yeah, it is. But he's also in that and he plays it just as well when they're in jail. It's like unbelievable to see a man play a character so well. Like he was born to play that character. That was my problem with season two with the Punisher stuff. And it wasn't necessarily that I didn't enjoy it. It's that they, I felt like they missed too many opportunities to okay. make a better story. Um, you can't protect her, Rick. Well, they just set up this whole, like, the city devolving into chaos and the vigilanteism and, like, the trial going on right but they they never really stick to it or pay it off and then they cloud it with a whole other storyline that just doesn't i mean it it worked fine at the end it just they could have done something way cooler i think the ending of season two is wonderful i do i I think the ending of it is absolutely wonderful but that it is clouded the the punisher clouds a lot of the main storyline with a separate storyline that I don't need. I think the other storyline clouds the Punisher storyline because that was the better storyline. What do you mean? I think all the Electra Ninja stuff overshadow. I think the story would have been fine if it was you got the Punisher out here doing what he's doing and you got Daredevil out here that can't stand for that type of vigilanteism and there's the trial going on and you know um, Yeah, I agree. I thought there should have been a better story between Daredevil and Elektra because of the of how big it is in the comic book. I thought they could have done that storyline better. I just don't think it was well written yeah. with Elektra. I don't think she was done very well. And I thought they could have done that bigger and better had they like followed the comics a little more. And Daredevil or uh, Punisher to me felt like a side character to that story. So if you wanted to do one or the other, you could have. But together, it doesn't work. And I don't need more Karen Page. Right. <laughs> but anyway, that's it. That's our top ten. Yep, where where are we at on time? Oh, we're over. Oh, wow. We didn't even think we were going to have enough material to do. We were going to like do our hour. show. Yeah. No, I know. That's it. We're, uh, we're out of time. So that's our top ten. God, I miss the regular podcast. It's so fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's freeing. A little bit. 
Yeah, it is a little bit freeing. You're right. We don't have the pressure of the eyes on us all the time. I know. It's like a monkey in a cage and people are throwing Perform, bananas at dance. us. Like, dance for me, monkey. <laughs> yeah. I can't handle that stress anymore. Uh, for Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya.